Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VTW, void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash life's gotten mundane so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to lucky land you know what they say your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Chargers Lately. I am your host, Michael Peterson. Today, we have a great conversation with Evan Winter. He is the guy for SB Nation's Tampa Bay Buccaneers website, Bucks Nation. And, and we went over quite a few things, uh, went over everything that I think was pertinent to this Sunday's matchup with the Buccaneers. It's one of the most exciting games of the weekend. Uh, great conversation, went a little long, but I'm not going to waste your time any further. Here is that conversation with Evan Winter. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, so I'm joined now by Evan Winter, and he is that guy over at BucksNation.com. That is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers website for SB Nation, one of our you know 31 sister websites of Bolts from the Blue. Um, he, he's here to talk all things Bucks. It's, it's probably the most interesting and toughest matchup for the Chargers in this young season, um, and, and there's certainly plenty to talk about. There's no lack of of themes and storylines here. But uh, Evan, really appreciate you uh, hopping on with us. How you doing? I'm doing good, Michael. Always fun to talk football, so thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, and again, to repeat myself, this matchup is interesting. There's no lack of star power. The themes, you know, when it comes to these quarterbacks, one's really old and the greatest of all time. One is a young quarterback going into his third career start. Um, there's receivers aplenty. There's defensive power and, and elite players just kind of wherever you look on either of these two teams depth charts and rosters so uh just before we start getting into specific matchups and players um when you look at this game you know on the schedule what are your general thoughts 
I wish the Chargers were healthy. <laughs> that's that's my first thought because going into the season, and we talked about this back in the summer, um, I thought this was a very intriguing matchup. The Chargers are loaded when it comes to talent. I mean, even with the injuries, there are still tons of players who can make a huge difference, not only in this game, but in the NFL. Um, and obviously the Bucks have a lot of talent as well. So, and how it was spread amongst, among both, both rosters was going to really – create for like I said a really intriguing matchup um so I really wish the Chargers were healthy um and it's really unfortunate that their injuries are in a lot of key spots um especially within the context of this matchup so man just overall thoughts um I think the Chargers are going to make some plays they're just going to have a really tough time moving the ball Hunter Henry I think will have a big day um the Bucks are really bad at guarding tight ends. Uh, the only reason the Panthers didn't do anything against them was because the Panthers don't really use tight ends in their offense. Uh, Noah Fant should have had a huge game. Jeff, Jeff Driscoll missed him on a few throws, and he also dropped a pass. And then, obviously, Jared Cook had a pretty nice game. I think he had five catches for 96 yards back in week one. Um, so Hunter Henry should see a lot of action this week. It's going to be interesting to see Keenan Allen and Carlton Davis go at it. Um, and especially with Keenan Allen kind of, uh, chirping at Mike Evans and Chris Goodwin. Oh, I mean, Godwin, <laughs> sorry, I had to throw that one in there, uh, from back earlier in the season. So I think it's going to be tough sledding for the chargers on offense. Um, but I do think they'll make some plays, uh, on defense though. I, I think this chargers defense, they're very good at pressuring the quarterback, Brady this year so far under pressure hasn't done very well at all. Um, and this is with a four-man rush. Uh, the Chargers, according to Pro F uh, Football Reference, are dead last in blitz percentage right now. They only blitz 10% of the time. So that's a very impressive metric uh, when you compare the two. But this defense has some opportunity to make some plays. But then that's kind of where it turns back around and the Chargers really haven't made too many plays on defense. So overall, man, um, if the Bucks make mistakes like they did the first couple of weeks and they still have these mental errors from time to time, then it's definitely, definitely a possibility the Chargers could be in this game. But, um, you know, obviously that'll all play out on Sunday. Yeah, man. And just to, to go off the point from the very beginning, um, this was a matchup that I, I believe a lot of people circled, right? If you look at each roster and let's just hypothetically say they're, they're both completely healthy. Um, this was going to be must-watch football with Tom Brady on a brand-new team surrounded by, you know, one of the best skill position groups he's ever had. And, and the Chargers, you know, getting some new offensive linemen to make, you know, their front five look the best it has in years. And this is Tyrod Taylor's uh, first year at the helm. It's a different style quarterback from Rivers. He's got the best weapons he's ever had. And defensively, the Chargers on paper looked like one of the best in the NFL. Um, and, then, and then the Bucks, you know, obviously continued playing the great defense that they kind of ended last season with. So it's just an absolute bummer that so many people are out. And you could say it about a lot of NFL teams that everyone's dealing with injuries. I think the 49ers are just racked with terrible, awful injuries. But the Chargers are sitting here going into Sunday looking like they're going to have about, I believe, 10 starters, five on offense, five on defense, That's rough. out for this game, including – all three of their biggest free agent signings from this past offseason. Trey Turner, well, I guess he was a free agent, but he was a big trade from the Panthers. Brian Bulaga, Chris Harris Jr. Nick Vigil hasn't played the last, I think, two games who was a free agent signing. I mean, the only one who's, who's played significant snaps for the entire season up to this point has been Linval Joseph. And, and we've seen the, 
um, the way he's been able to upgrade the, the Chargers run defense and really kind of take that area of their game, which has been a weakness, um, to kind of take that next step. They're a much better unit this year than they've been in years past. Um, man, it's just, it, it sucks. You're right. It's just an absolute bummer how good of a matchup this could have been. Uh, but let's get into some specific players here. Um, diving into the Bucks. Um, obviously, the big name is Tom Brady. You brought him in three weeks in. Um, you guys are two and one. He's thrown six touchdown passes. At the same time, he's also thrown three interceptions. And and for Tom Brady fans and people who maybe followed him his entire career, um, he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. But all of a sudden, you know, he had two first week against the Saints. One was taken back for a pick six. Didn't really look like the Tom Brady that everyone thought he was going to be well in their last matchup against the Broncos. He throws for three touchdowns, zero interceptions, and he threw for career or excuse me, a season high. I believe it was like 293 yards, something like that. So a little bit of a mixed bag with Brady, but just give us your two cents on, on if Brady's kind of playing up to those expectations and just your overall thoughts on him through these first three weeks. He's been good. Um, it really depends on who you ask in a lot of circles, a lot of places, uh, for me, though, he's he's been good. Um, I didn't expect elite Tom Brady coming into this season. I don't think most people who have really watched him over the last few, few years did. However, you still expect to see the big plays, the clutch throws, all that good stuff. And so far, he's delivered on that level for the most part. Um, he's shown a, a lot of really good timing and accuracy with the receivers, uh, Scotty Miller for one, him and Mike Evans are connecting for basically a touchdown per game right now. Um, you see how he can operate Bruce Arians' offense at times, but then at the same time, that offense is so hard to learn, especially for a quarterback like Tom Brady. Um, and what makes it's so difficult is there are option routes that the receivers run. So against certain coverages, it dictates what the receivers do, how they break off their routes, so on and so forth. So not only does the quarterback have to be reading the de defense properly, the wide receiver does too. That creates a lot of miscommunications, a lot of errors. It happened with Jameis Winston last year. Um, it's already happened this year with Brady and Mike Evans in week one. And granted, Brady has missed some throws on the field. He's also – missed some pretty open reads and taken some unnecessary checkdowns, but overall he's been good and he's, he's improved week to week, which is the most important thing, um, especially right now in this, with everything going on this year. So as long as he keeps doing that, um, then everything should be fine and he should be okay. But some people think he's played really, really well. Um, and then some people have been pretty disappointed um, it all just really depends on your preseason expectations when it comes to that. But like I said, I'm, I'm right in the middle. He's been good. So, and as long as, like I said, as long as he keeps improving, he'll be just fine. Tom Brady's been one of those guys that, you know, for his whole career in new England, yes, he beat a lot of people, but he beat the chargers a lot. Um, this is just a stat off my head, but I, I think, I don't know if Philip rivers ever beat Tom Brady. Um, I don't think he I, did. I think if, right. if he did, it was maybe once a long time ago. But as far as I can remember, I, I think that was kind of a big talking point, especially leading up to their um, their their playoff game two years ago in New England. That you know this was um, just something that the Chargers were never able to accomplish. And then in 2017, I think they they played a close game against them as well, um, but didn't come out on top. And I, I I keep thinking back to that that playoff game, man. And 
and all game, it seemed like we had, you know, we had the good pass rush. Joey and Melvin were, were healthy. Um, but Brady was so good at just getting the ball off at the right time, right before anyone was able to touch him. And it, it led to a, a, a funny mic'd up scene between Bosa and Brady where, where Bosa almost got him for a sack, but he let it go. And, and, and Bosa stopped to turn around and was like, can you just stop getting the ball out so fast? <laughs> like it was, it was so frustrating and, it, and it's, it really has been, especially for fans who just see guys get so close. It's the same thing with Patrick Mahomes when Bosa got his first sack on Mahomes in the past three seasons, um, two weeks ago. And just the elation and the ecstasy he's probably feeling like to think I finally did it after, you know, all these years. Um, so that's kind of what I'm hoping we don't see. This is a good offensive line in front of Tom Brady, right? Ryan Jensen, the rookie Tristan Wirfs, who uh, went to Iowa just like I did. So big fan of him and his game. Uh, Ali Marpet. I mean, this is a, an offensive line that when I look at it, I see a bunch of guys who are going to punch you in the mouth. And so I wrote in an article uh, posted today about my keys to victory. And I think I typed out the line. I said, the Chargers pass rush is going to have to wear their big boy pants in this game if they wish to affect Tom Brady, because I've seen Jensen play the last couple of years, man, when he was in, in Baltimore, this is a guy that's willing to take a, someone's head off to protect his quarterback. I mean, I remember when Jensen almost decapitated, what was his name? Kiko Alonso for having a late hit on Joe Flacco in a game a couple of years ago. Like that's the type of mentality that the Bucks have on their offensive line. And to protect a guy who's not that mobile in, in Tom Brady, like that's just the type of bond and camaraderie and mindset they need to have. So this offensive line is definitely scary. Um, and, and, and an extension of this offensive line are obviously the tight ends. And the Bucks have three, what you would call, you could consider starting tight ends. I mean, they're all really good. You obviously have Rob Gronkowski, OJ Howard, and people forget Cameron Brake. So specifically, um, I, I want to talk about Rob Gronkowski. And, and we talked a little bit about this before, that two weeks ago, whenever it was, he told the media that he's a blocker, right? That he's, don't expect, you know, big numbers. He's just a blocker mainly in, in this offense. And then this past week, I think he led the team with seven targets, um, caught, I think, four or five of them for about 48 yards or something like that. Uh, so just give us your thoughts on Gronk so far, um, what he's meant to the team. Is he really making that much of a difference? And, and at the end of the day, was he worth the, the trade and the salary that, you know, he's obviously burdening the team with? He's making a difference in terms of blocking for sure. Um, and he does draw some double coverage assignments from time to time, you know, stuff that doesn't show up on the actual stat sheet. But when you're paying a player, unless it's just a space-eating defensive tackle or, you know, um, a very good left tackle, offensive lineman, you know, a guy that's not going to show up on the stat sheet. Unless you're – if you're paying somebody as much money as the Bucks are paying him right now, you want him to show up on the stat sheet right now. And it's particularly emphasized by the fact that he's the second highest paid tight end in the league in terms of base salary, and the Bucks spent a fourth-round draft pick on him. Well, lo and behold, the Bucks also have a lot of depth questions on their roster, which so far this year – are playing out better than I expected and ho or, and thought it would, which is totally a good thing. Um, but at the same time, we've had some scares, especially this week with Sean Murphy bunting possibly going down and then Chris Godwin uh, being out to where you would still kind of like to have that reassurance. But regardless, um, I like what he's done in terms of, like I said, run blocking, uh, just his overall role in general. I just wish his salary is down a 
a lot, lot more than what it is. Honestly, Cam Braid's making $4.25 million. That's about what Gronk should be making if this is the type of role that he's going to have. Uh, but with Godwin coming out this week, the tight ends are going to see a lot more um, a lot more action. I don't think as, as impressive as Scotty Miller has been at times if he plays this week, and even though Justin Watson has made some plays, I don't think they fully have the trust of Brady yet. Uh, I know Jaden Mickens definitely doesn't. Um, that's the Bucks' fifth wide receiver, uh, or sorry, sixth wide receiver. And Tyler Johnson's a rookie who just hasn't really gotten on the field, and he dropped a pass last week. So long answer short, um, don't think Brady has the trust of the receivers. Don't think Arians really has the trust of the younger guys just yet. Uh, he called him out a couple weeks ago. Um, so I think the tight ends are going to definitely be more involved this week, which is definitely a good thing because you got a guy in O.J. Howard who can stretch the seam. You've got a guy in Gronk who, like I said, can block and catch those underneath passes like he was doing last week. And then you've got Cameron Brait, who's just tough as nails um, and will j- catch just about anything thrown his way and is a great red zone threat. So good assortment of guys at the position. And you hope at some point they get used, especially since the Bucs have invested like $16 million in the position just alone. Um, but obviously we'll see, and hopefully it happens. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, man, that's, uh, that's a lot of money. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Cam Bray being, I guess you consider him your Titan three, right? Making yep. four point whatever million dollars is, uh, I can't say that's ideal by any means. Oh. Especially um, so, with an offense, especially with an offense that's known for not using the tight ends, and the exactly. the even even to put more context to it, Cam Bray was going to make six million coming in this year, but uh, he restructured and took two million off of this year's salary. So yeah, it would have been it would have been even more if he didn't do that for the Bucks. Yeah, I mean that's something else for again, like you said, a position that isn't used mainly in an Arians offense. You know, I don't remember. Uh, Jermaine Gresham back with the Cardinals catching that many passes. I think he was still used, but I mean, I don't remember any other tight end besides him being utilized whatsoever. So to think about three being used in it is, is quite odd indeed. Um, but you mentioned him earlier, Chris Godwin is out. We also learned that uh, running back Leonard Fournette is out. And we learned that Scotty Miller is a game time decision. So let's just say hypothetically Miller does not go in this one. How different does this offense look? And in place of Godwin, and Miller, what receivers or pass catchers will we see maybe a little bit more of this Sunday? So your vertical threat is really Mike Evans in this offense. So you'll still have a vertical threat, uh, even though Scotty is the fastest player on the team or on the offense, at least. Um, He's more of just like your speed guy who will split the safeties, all that good stuff. Um, So you won't be missing a vertical threat. However, without Godwin, a, you're going to miss a, you're going to be missing a hell of a piece to your run blocking game, which already already struggles as is, um, and even struggled even more without Godwin in the lineup in week two, whenever he had the concussion. Um, 
And then B, you're going to be missing an underneath guy. I mean, just a guy who can do it all in the passing game. Uh, you're going to miss some sure hands on third down, fourth down, even if it comes to that. Um, and then the guy who's going to replace him is going to be Justin Watson. He can play the slot as well as outside, and he can make some tough catches. He made some really good plays in week two against the Panthers. He should have had a touchdown if uh, Brady didn't underthrow him on a, on a play. Um, but at the same time, he's – you know, fifth round draft pick, uh, third year guy. It's been more of a special teamer than anything. So he's obviously got his limits. Um, the guys that I'm going to see step up without the targets, you think Ronald Jones is probably going to get a lot more involved, especially since Leonard Fournette's not in the game um, or not going to be playing. Uh, if Scotty does play, then I could see him getting targeted more, but that also depends on how many snaps he plays. Uh, groin and hip injuries on a, a small, speedy guy uh, like that always worries me and wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks kind of sit him aside. But I really think it's going to be O.J. Howard. Um, Bucks should be able to exploit the middle of the field this week pretty well. That's if they decide to do it. For some reason, they just love to throw to the sidelines. They love to throw the corner routes, all that good stuff. Um, but – I think OJ, just in terms of him also being able to run block and then his athleticism, how he'll match up against some of the Chargers linebackers and even probably even the safeties, um, actually, now that I think about it, uh, he's definitely the one that stands the most chances of being able to see some more targets this week. I'll tell you what, man. OJ Howard is a guy that I had high hopes for when he entered the NFL. Um, I had him in fantasy, I think, two years ago. I think he helped me win a championship by getting me through some tough weeks. Like this is a guy that I think is a matchup nightmare. I think he's got all the athleticism in the world, put on one of the better combine performances for his position in history of the event. Um, and them adding Rob Gronkowski was just odd to me because mm -hmm. I, I want to know what the deal is with, with OJ Howard and why he isn't becoming who I'm pretty sure a large you know portion of the fan base really thought he could be. Um, so we'll see. Maybe he gets an uptick. Maybe this might be a little bit of an OJ Howard day per se, especially, you know, for fantasy purposes um, with some targets, you know, uh, up for grabs. But let's switch to the other side of the ball. And, you know, I don't have to get too too complicated uh, talking about this defense because it's just flat out good. And um, you could say so many different things that they're talented at all three levels, right? You can name three guys in the defensive line that are all notable, maybe even all four. There's a pair of rangy athletic linebackers. They've got a trio now with you saying Sean Murphy Bunting is healthy. It seems like their top three cornerbacks are all going to be available this weekend. And each of them are, I believe, sophomores or or maybe one's a third-year guy. I think Jamel Deem and Murphy Bunting are sophomores. Is, is mm -hmm. this Carlton Davis' second or third year? Yeah, Carlton Davis is the junior. Yeah, he's this is his third year. Okay, so Carlton Davis is playing really well. This is already his best year, I think, so far. He's in his third year. Jamel Dean was a favorite of mine coming out of Auburn. Uh, Carlton Davis is from Auburn as well, so you got a pair of former Auburn cornerbacks just killing it. They're both super athletic, rangy guys, and you've got Sean Murphy Bunting, who I believe was from Central Michigan, and I think he's playing way above you know his draft selection uh, a couple of years ago. So, And that's kind of, I mean, a perfect storm for this defense. You've got veterans that are good, maybe not super, super elite, but guys who get the job done are still intimidating. And you pair them with a, a bunch of young players that are just oozing with athleticism, speed, and what have you. And it's created one of the best defenses in the NFL. I think I, I just looked at the stats. I don't know if I have them up in front of me, 
but you guys are a top, I think, three team against the run. You average allowing about 70 yards per game. I think you average uh, allowing less than three yards per tote for opposing running backs and through the air. While you may have, you know, a few loose ends, you're still a top half team, maybe a top 12, 13 in that aspect of, of passing yards allowed. The defense is just simply good. I mean, there's no way around it. This is definitely going to be the toughest challenge uh, for Justin Herbert and the Chargers offense. I think this is the first defense that also isn't missing any real starters. You know, the Panthers were missing Kwan Short, Luke Keekley retired over the offseason. And then you had uh, Geno Atkins didn't play for the Bengals, right? Uh, I think Frank Clark, Alex Okafor, and their top corners were missing from the Chiefs. So this is a legitimate healthy like number one defense so when you look at this matchup where do you think the Bucks defense will I guess get the Chargers the most on Sunday oh it's going to be the offensive line especially with Belaga and Trey Turner out or Trey Turner um this defensive front is absolutely vicious and you're right they don't have any major injuries whatsoever and with Sean Murphy Murphy Bunning playing this weekend um, that's huge because it allows this defense to remain versatile in its disguises and just what it does in general. I mean, Todd Bowles has had JPP line up um, five tech and has had Devin White rush on the outside and has had Levante David come in and blitz from the inside on the same play while moving Vita Vea out to three tech on the other side. I mean, it's just he the way he mixes and matches this defensive front. It's just so much fun to watch. And really, Vita Vea is what makes them go. But what has made this defense – not – well, let me take a step back. Being in the second year together, all these guys – all these guys were in this defense together last year. The only technically starter they were missing from last year is Vernon Hargraves. He was cut after week nine. Um, so, from week ten on, these are the exact same guys from last year. So, it's a whole second year in the defense. But – What's really taken this defense and just kind of sewed it up and hemmed it up and has made it borderline great is Antoine Winfield Jr. And he was my favorite draft pick. Uh, Tristan Worst, great pick, don't get me wrong. But Winfield was exactly what this defense needed. Just an all-around guy, kind of like Chris Godwin, who can also play center field. This defense, uh, Todd Bowles, based, based off what he likes to do, he needs a true center field safety, a guy with range who can move from sideline to sideline. Um, and the Bucks did kind of have that in Justin Evans, but he had Achilles and heel injuries to where he's just not the same guy and they no longer had him. But Antoine Winfield, on top of being that that rangy safety, he can play in the block box. Whenever um, Sean Murphy Bunning went down last week, he started playing slot and the Bucks did not miss a beat. Jordan Whitehead moved over to money, the kind of box safety. And then Mike Edwards was playing the, the center fielder or the single high. And Tampa Bay did not miss a beat. He's smart. He knows how to make plays. Um, they send him off the edge and blitz packages all the time. Keep an eye on number 31 on defense this week. Just how he plays the game and how the Bucks use him is so much fun. Um, and he's going to be a part of that front seven at times. So up front in the offensive line uh, for the Chargers is where the Bucks are going to make this their hay for sure. But flipping over to the Chargers, man, Keenan out, like I said earlier, Hunter Henry's going to have a big game. Um, Devin White is just having issues in coverage right now. And I expect the Chargers to take advantage of that. 
Um, and Antoine Winfield should be matched up on Hunter Henry, by the way, from time to time. But uh, Carlton Davis and Keenan Allen is going to be a lot of fun to watch because Keenan is so good at route running and creating that separation. And Carlton can get kind of grabby. He can get um, juked out on some double moves from time to time. So that's also going to be a really fun matchup to watch. I think Chargers can have some success there as well. I truly hope that, you know, with the loss of Mike Williams, Keenan Allen can find a new level to kind of get to, to, to help carry this offense. Uh, today during the, the Chargers presser, um, Anthony Lynn said that in Williams's absence, uh, rookie KJ Hill will, will get some snaps. And um, last year he was an undrafted free agent at a Findlay university, but um, Jason Moore will also get some snaps. You know, now there are two different receivers. KJ Hill is a savvy route runner from Ohio state left Ohio state as the, the school's all-time leader in receptions. Um, and Jason Moore at the D2 level, uh, Finlay's, I, I think I said it was in, in, out of Ohio. No one's really ever heard of it, but this guy is 6'2", 215, and caught 39 touchdowns in college. And that's with missing most of his senior year. Like, it's just another big body guy yeah. who knows yeah. uh, how to bring down the ball. So, again, hasn't done anything. I think as a rookie last year, he caught two passes against the Steelers for, I think, 48 yards. But um, I expect him, Lynn said that he's got packages for each of them, but again, two different receivers in terms of how they win. Um, it's it's going to be interesting because Carlton Davis, yes, has been playing well, but with the lack of weapons, like, you know, Hill's not going to intimidate that defense. Moore isn't going to intimidate that defense. There's going to be probably a healthy dose of, of double teams on Keenan Allen, which is going to make the rest of that passing game. Again, look to Hunter Henry, look to Austin Eckler. And with Justin Jackson back, that gives the Chargers a third running back who, who is very talented. And, and mm -hmm. with, say, Kelly and Jackson maybe taking most of the rushing um, attempts, since they're down a receiver, don't be surprised to see Austin Eckler out wide or in the slot um, where he's been used before. It hasn't been so much this year, but the last two years with Melvin Gordon mostly in uh, the backfield, uh, Eckler has scored touchdowns from out wide. I mean, I think there's two go routes where Rivers literally just threw it up and he outran whatever linebacker happened to be covering him at the time. I believe one was against the Niners a couple of years ago. One was against the the Titans, I believe, Titans, last, yep. year, year yep, last year. Um, yep. So, I mean, there's other ways for them to, to add passing targets for Justin Herbert. They're just going to be a little bit different and maybe a little bit – out of the box, you know, thinking in that way. Um, so that's definitely a matchup, huge matchup to watch is um, how Keenan Allen can, I guess, help Herbert when he's going to have his hands full with one, maybe two cornerbacks for most of the game. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, this is a question that I just wanted your opinion on. I went back and, and kind of looked at all the stats from the Bucks' first three games this year. Um, I, I wanted to see if there, there really wasn't any holes in this defense, if it's as legit as uh, I think it is and everyone thinks it is. You look back at the Saints game. Obviously, the Saints won that. They picked off Tom Brady twice, and, and one included a pick six. Um, Breeze only finished with 160 passing yards. I think Latavius Murray led them in rushing with 48 or something along those lines. Jared Cook was 
um, had half of Brees passing yardage, receiving for 80 yards even. I mean, the Saints didn't have to do too much offensively, right, with the, the takeaways and stuff they got on defense. Is it wrong to look at that game and say, you know, maybe the Bucks defense would be seen as, I guess, not as strong or elite if they, you know, didn't have those defensive takeaways? Just your two cents on whether or not that game against the Saints kind of skews um, positively for the Bucks defense. For sure. Um, and especially when you look at how many points were allowed on the surface, it was 31, but really it was 24 because you take away seven from the pick six. And even 24, you don't want to be allowing that much. However, since then, they've allowed 13 and a half points per game. And then plus, I think Tampa Bay right now is just fighting the reputation of being Tampa Bay. Um, they were known as the turnover machine with Jameis Winston uh, at quarterback. And they were also known as the Swiss cheese defense under Mike Smith for two or three years. And even last year, early on in the year, I mean, teams just absolutely had their way with them on D on offense. Uh, that being the opponent's offense had their way. Sorry if I worded that weird, but uh, I, I mean, yeah, that's that first game. And especially it was a loss, you know, to the saints, people are, were, kind of look into that as a loss anyway. Um, it's definitely skewed perception. And I think, though, too, nobody really expected anything out of the Panthers this year. Um, and for some reason, people still doubt Teddy Bridgewater, even though his stats aren't going to blow anybody away. He's still a very solid quarterback. Um, and then, obviously, the, the Broncos have so many injuries on offense. Last week, they have any, even more now. But um, they had so many injuries coming into week three. So I think it's just been kind of – yeah, like what you're pointing to, they've just been kind of victims of circumstance. And um, they've got another chance, though, this week to keep on stacking. So, And they want they want to be relied on. Um, they want to be better than the offense. So it's just more fuel on the fire for them to keep getting better and better. And it's so exciting to watch, especially, you know, Tampa Bay being built on defense. Um, it's It's been a lot of fun to watch so far this year. Yeah, and you can't discount – the obvious, if you, I mean, obviously just looking around the rest of the league that, that Tampa Bay has gotten lucky. I mean, I don't know how else lucky. to say it with, with every, with every team that has good players. I mean, you look at some of the top talent offensively, uh, Michael Thomas, Devonte Adams, guys like that, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. I mean, these are the best of the best in terms of offensive players in the NFL and they're going down seemingly like flies. And while, the you know you guys don't have Chris Godwin for for maybe just this game but in general like there's no season ending injuries you guys nope. aren't losing a plethora of starters uh you guys are relatively all things considered a very healthy team this season and sometimes just that bit of luck is all it takes to to keep a team uh you know successful winning and going to the playoffs and a team that somehow drops a bunch of games when you didn't expect them to coming into the season. And all of a sudden you have a top 10 pick. And I say that as a Chargers fan, when you look at 2018, the biggest injury was Hunter Henry and the offensive line still wasn't that great. All things considered um, it was still fine, but like with relatively good offensive line play and, and, and good health, they went 12 and four and won their first playoff game since 2013. And then 2019 shows up and you lose uh, Hunter Henry for a little bit at the beginning you didn't have Russell Kung. Derwin James was out all but five games. And there was plenty of others. Uh, Mike Pouncey again was out. I mean, sometimes that's all it takes, right, is some health. So yep. I just didn't feel right not stressing that, you know, the good teams are good because they stay healthy. But I think luck obviously does play a big role in that. But 
you know, history is history, things happen and, and we got to move forward. Um, so we're going to wrap this puppy up real quick, but we're going to talk about just a final score prediction, but feel free, give about, you know, handful of sentences on just how you think the game's going to go. And, and then again, yeah, final score prediction of, of how you think this game's going to end. If we're basing it off this season so far, which is obviously what we're going to do. <laughs> um, Tampa Bay, I think, is going to get out to a big lead in the first half, kind of like what they did against the Broncos, kind of like what they did against um, against the Panthers. Even though the Broncos, they were only up 17 to 10 at half, the Broncos scored right before halftime. Uh, um, one, of, one of them was a busted play um, that kind of got them there. Regardless, it doesn't matter how you get there as long as you get there, right? Um, but I think Tampa Bay will get out to a big lead. What's gotten them in the last two games is the third quarter. For some reason, this team just cannot do anything right in the third quarter. And for so far, a little bit into the fourth quarter, until about the nine, ten minute mark into the fourth quarter. Especially whenever you have a coach like Bruce Arians and a quarterback like Tom Brady, um, veteran players as well, and Dominican Sue, Mike Evans, so on and so forth. Uh, you do not expect that to happen. And I'm talking penalties, turnovers, miscommunications, bad play calls, bad reads, just whatever you want to, whatever you want to say, this team does it. So I have a feeling the Chargers might creep back in into the second half. But man, I, I, I've picked them to win the Bucks 20 to 16 Wednesday night. That was before we got the word on Trey Turner and Brian Bulaga. I think those two injuries alone um, add about seven points for the Bucks. So I thought this was going to be a one-score game if those two could play. Uh, however, with them being out, I think it's going to be about 27-16, something like that for Tampa Bay. Um, I think the Chargers, like, they'll be down probably 20 to, let's say, seven. They'll score a touchdown, make it a, a, a one-score game. Then the Bucs will just score their touchdown and then just ride out the rest. Maybe the Chargers will kick a field goal to kind of make it, you know, a little bit closer. But – yeah, I think it would be about 27 to 16 bucks. Um, I just think the Chargers just have way too many injuries, especially in the crucial spots that matter in this game. And unfortunately, they just won't have enough to get it done. But I, I do think that, like I said, that there will be some opportunities to make some Bucks fans sweat in this game. Yeah, I, I have to say, I, I think my prediction is going to be fairly similar. Um, while I don't think, even with all these injuries, I don't think the Bucks are going to completely run away with this. Um, I think they'll, they will establish some form of a lead two score lead in the first half. I think the chargers will look somewhat, um, decent, I guess, again, with all the injuries, I think there's going to be a turnover or two, um, that are going to be frustrating. I think Herbert throws at least one more interception, um, defensively without, Melvin Ingram without Justin Jones. And I asked Gus Bradley, our defense coordinator about this, of whether or not against the Panthers, he felt that guys weren't getting as much rest um, with, uh, with limited bodies again, to rotate. And he loves rotating across the defensive line. So uh, it didn't really matter against the Panthers because they didn't have that many plays in, in general on defense, but against the Bucks, I can just see the defense on the field way too long, especially if the offense can't get going. If this defense is forced to play 70, 75 snaps, um, they're going to get tired and there's going to be at least two less bodies. And the only people they have left to, to, to throw into that rotation are some UDFAs from, from this year. And that's going to be really tough. So 
Um, I think Bucks jump out, let's say, you know, 14-0 lead, 10-0 uh, lead. By halftime, maybe it's looking like 17-7 um, in the second half. Yes, the Chargers maybe score to bring it 17-14, but I, I think the Bucks kind of pull away a little bit at the end. Maybe they they break it. And I'll say this, like you just said the Bucks struggle in the third quarter, and sometimes they'll struggle going to the fourth. Mm-hmm. Well, the Chargers are the team that opposing teams break their bad trends against. And as an example, <laughs> the Panthers hadn't sacked the quarterback and I think registered just a single quarterback hit through the first two weeks of the season. Right. Against yeah. the um, against the Chargers, the Panthers sacked or strip sacked Herbert on their second drive of the game and had another sack later as well, or before that actually that was Marquise Haynes was the first one. The second mm-hmm. one was a strip sack by Brian Burns. And they also that was their first win in 10 games. It was also their first game in which they held their opponent under 20 points for the first, I think, first time in 14 games leading back to last season. Oh, so you That's get the not... gist of what I'm saying. Like the Chargers right. are the team you play when you want to buck bad trends, right? When you want to make history or buck bad history, the Chargers are the team for you. So I say the script is flipped a little bit here, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are just able to pile it on late against the Chargers. So in terms of a final score prediction, um, I think the Chargers maybe get up to 17 points just because that is their average. And I, I want to think they're they're uh, relevant enough to get there. But I think the, the Bucks maybe push it to 28 or 31 points. So I'm going to go big here and say the Bucks have a big day against the defense without many of their starters and say the final score is about 31 to 17. What do you think of that? That's definitely realistic, man. And one thing I'm going to be interested in seeing is Justin Herbert versus, you know, like a, a, a three, four defense like this, um, you know, because KC runs a four, three uh, Carolina will mix in, you know, a three man front from time to time, but they're primarily a four, three. Uh, that's one thing, you know, just the different looks. I, I can't wait to see how Herbert reacts to all of it. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm excited for the game for the sake of being excited. Like there's still, a ton of good football to be had. I just hope the Chargers, despite all the injuries, put out like, you know, a usable good product just right. despite it all. You know, I don't want them to to go out and show no life whatsoever against their first real big test of the year. Even if they, you know, if they can keep it close, show some fight, put some good film on despite the loss. I think, you know, there's potential to say this team can take, can take advantage of the softer side of their schedule which comes after this game next week is the Saints, but then I believe their next three games are the Jets, Dolphins, and Jaguars in some nice. order like that. Nice. And that's really nice coming off the start. And, you know, that, you know, maybe just what the doctor ordered, if they start one and four, then say that stretch, they get to four and four. And then the back yeah. half is where you're playing. I think out of those eight final games, uh, five of them are the rest of your AFC divisional rounds. And, and Oakland's going to be a challenge. Obviously they beat the Saints already. The Broncos look like a mess. You'd like to think they would sweep the Broncos, but in the past, it's never been that simple with AFC West. Anyone can beat anyone except if you're the Kansas City Chiefs. So, <laughs> oh, man, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be exciting. Uh, honestly, Sunday can't get here soon enough. But, Evan, uh, we're going to wrap this thing up. Really appreciate you coming on again. Uh, it's always a blast, especially to talk about not just football, but good football teams and good players. Um, it's always fun. So go ahead and tell everyone where you can be found on social media, where your writing can be found, just any kind of thing you want to plug at this moment. Find me on Twitter at Evan underscore winner, all lowercase, just how it sounds. And that's E V A N 
Uh, find me on BucksNation.com. That's SB Nation's Tampa Bay Buccaneers blog. I also cover the Vols for uh, SB Nation's um, Tennessee Volunteer blog, and that's RockyTopTalk.com. And then my podcast, the North and South Podcast, uh, check it out. It's just an extension of BucksNation.com. So hit up BucksNation.com and you'll find it on there. But yeah, outside of those places, man, just chilling. So that's that's where you can find me. All right. And we did record um, Bucks Nation's version of this preview podcast earlier this mm-hmm. week. It is posted. Um, so you guys, if you want to check out a whole other podcast where we discuss this matchup, go on over to BucksNation.com. You'll find that on their front page as well. Uh, once again, Evan, it's been an absolute blast. I'm sure we will speak during the weekend, during the game. Um, I don't know if we'll get into trash talk because, you know, it seems a little <laughs> bit of a lopsided game to yeah, for anyone to kind of run their mouth, right? But um, at the end of the day, it's going to be an absolute blast. So I uh, appreciate you coming on, and we'll talk to you soon. For sure, man. Thanks. And that about wraps things up here, guys. Appreciate you, as always, tuning in today. Big shout-out and thank you to Evan Winter of Bucks Nation for coming in and having that conversation, discussing this week's matchup, which is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Guys, if you don't already follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at Zone Tracks. That's spelled Z-O-N-E-T-R-A-C-K-S. Find all my written work at boltsfromtheblue.com. That is SB Nation's Los Angeles Chargers community. And I think that's it. I think we're just ready for Sunday. It honestly cannot get here enough. Guys, enjoy the weekend, and I'll talk to you later this week.